This is the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. I am Justin Oswald. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Justin Oswald underscore proceed with caution. With me, as always, is Brad Livingston. Hey, guys. It's uh, good to be back. Another week, uh, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. And, uh, man, like uh, Justin said, you can find us uh, on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Brad Livingston underscore for myself at Justin, Undo- uh, Justin Oswald underscore Justin, and with us today is the man, the myth, the legend, uh, our founding pastor at Transformation Church, (laughs) Pastor Dan Livingston. Dan Livingston. (laughs) He's just shaking his head over here. Okay. And you can find me on Facebook, and that's it. That's it. (laughs) Listen, we need need everyone out there to send us likes and comments and posts and tweets and everything encouraging Pastor Dan to get on Instagram and Twitter. We need truth bombs on Twitter coming from Pastor Dan. So, um, which you just took, because we were going to talk about this. Uh, I was going to talk to you about this, but especially with your new opportunity that you have, why don't you briefly walk us through uh, Pastor John Hagee and his directors got a hold of you recently. Um, and that's a great opportunity. Just briefly tell us about that. Yeah, we're very excited. Um, anyone that knows me knows that uh, we have a real deep passion for Israel. And, um, you know, for the Jewish people and, and scripture uh, tells us in Genesis twelve three that he'll bless those that bless her and curse those that curse her. He tells us be watchmen on a wall that will never remain silent. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And and so uh, anyway, uh, I've been a city director uh, for Christians United for Israel for several years. And um, just recently we were approached and uh, contacted. And uh, as of uh, a couple of weeks ago, we are now... Uh, taking over a new position uh, with Christians United for Israel. We've been asked to do that and become part of the team and the staff there and uh, as a state coordinator. And so for the state of Florida, and we'll be traveling throughout the state uh, a little bit each month, uh, meeting with pastors, holding luncheons, and speaking in churches, and just uh, really rallying uh, the body of Christ in support of Israel and fulfilling our biblical mandate yeah and uh, very excited about it that's awesome yeah and it was almost like you, you weren't even really approached you were just kind of informed yeah, yeah. uh victor's good at that he he's the you regional got coordinator yeah and uh but no it, it's a huge honor of all the people in the state of florida that uh, could have been asked to do that you know so what an honor it is and and it's like i share with you you know it is a passion of mine but i fully believe that uh, i do believe in genesis 12 3 i we've watched it uh, you know, come to fruition even here at the church as we've stood and supported Israel and uh, and as a family. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I, I believe it, and I believe that it's going to open uh, even more the favor of God upon this house, you Amen. know, as we go out and sow uh, into the nations for Israel. Yeah, 100%. Totally. And uh, so we're, you know, we're, we're super excited about that. You'll be here. You know, you're not, you're not moving to Orlando or anything. You'll no. be based out of Pensacola, but just doing a little bit of traveling and uh, a whole lot of ministry. So it's a great opportunity. So yeah, we're very excited about it. Yeah. So that's awesome. So, and, uh, speaking of ministry and opportunities, you preached this past Sunday. So, um, good to have you back in the pulpit here at TC. And, um, I, I, you know, it's, it's been, uh, this whole series has been really good. And the last three messages we've really been, um, talking about fishing and, and our responsibility, you know, be, not ours and pastors, our responsibility as believers, mm-hmm. um, as followers of Jesus to uh, be the one heralding, the ones heralding or, or taking the good news 
um, to, you know, our spheres of influence as pastor. That's a, a phrase you like to use a lot. Um, and so into our jobs, our schools, our communities, our neighborhoods, um, really taking Jesus to them. Um, because like uh, Pastor Justin and I often say, um, is that the gospel has never been a come and see. It's always been a go and tell. Um, and so really championing that march. And so we started off with our theme verse, which we've kind of been using for the last three Sundays. Pastor, why don't you go ahead and read that for us, Matthew four eighteen through 19. Yeah, and Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, hey, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Yeah, and so, um, you know, we've pointed out in <clears throat> weeks past that, you know, Jesus' goal wasn't to make us, uh, you know, Jesus' goal wasn't just to make us better, better Bible readers. It, his goal in this wasn't to improve our church attendance record. It wasn't to, you know, to make us more religious or to, you know, any of those things. Those None of those was the, the goal uh, for Jesus. You know, his desire was to make us uh, fishers of men. His desire was to give us something that we can now go and give others. Um, so, and then, uh, we jump over to first Peter two, nine through 10, and we have this in the, the message paraphrase. Uh, and so give us, read that for us, pastor. It says, but you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him. And here's the part that we really highlighted. And, and it's very important as we read the scripture and understand he's not just talking about the priest. He's saying that God chose for calling a priestly work, chosen to be a holy people. Mm-hmm. He's talking about every person that claims to be a Christian. Right. He said God's instruments to do his work and to speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Right, right. And, uh, man, <clears throat> you know, all of us can all of us can testify to the, the difference of, you know, our lives before Jesus versus our lives after Jesus. And, and I even had a, a young man come up to me and he's been in the church for just a few weeks. And he asked, he wanted, he asked a question last week, um, which was how do I, when I look at my life, I don't see a huge difference before Jesus and after Jesus. And I think what he's insinuating is I wasn't really like a terrible, you know, like yeah. I wasn't a drug dealer or exactly. like, you know, I didn't go to prison or whatever, you know, whatever, um, you know, and, and all of the typical quote unquote, I'm using air quotes right now, like all the typical bad people stuff. He didn't do any of that. You know what I mean? Um, but in, in what I was kind of trying to help him understand, I was like, you did. You may not have done any of the the quote unquote worse actions from a moral standpoint, like how we would see it as as humans. Um, I was like, but you were dead. Like you were dead in your sin. It's not that you were treading water and you needed someone to throw you a life raft. You were at the bottom of the ocean, dead <laughs> in your sin. Um, and he brought you back to life. And so <laughs> it, it, some, for some people, you know, that maybe they grew up in church, you know, they never dabbled in drugs and a pastor. That's part of, part of your story, like drinking and drugs. That was just never a part of, a part of your life. And, and so, but we recognize the night and day difference of, of the comfort of knowing Jesus versus the, the uh, absolute assurance that we were dead 
before Jesus came into our life, you know, and I was trying to get him really trying to get him to understand that. And I could see he was trying to grasp it. And then in that moment, I, I kind of came to the realization. I don't even know if, I don't even know if the res the new creation if the second Corinthians five seventeen if the regeneration for him has happened yet. I think he, in that moment is hearing the realization of like the fact that he needs Jesus I don't know if there's yet a realization of the new creation and a regeneration that comes through Jesus. Right. Um, and therefore, yeah, I could imagine being confused because you really aren't, there really isn't a difference yet. You know, now I don't, I don't get to make that call, you know, that's not for me to figure out. So I just kind of kept having, pointing them towards the word of, of regeneration, all those things and trying to assure them. But yeah, I mean, just like, you know, what we're talking about, there's a night and day difference. Absolutely. You know. Well, and it, and it goes again, I know we want to get right into the points, but it goes to show the um, importance of that Christ throughout Scripture makes on the body of Christ being a light. You know, he says, we're like a light set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Mm-hmm. Therefore, go let men see your good works that they may glorify your right. Father in heaven. All through Scripture, he talks about the lost being more important than the found. And that's something the church world needs to understand today Sure, is we build church around us mm. and what's God going to do for me Sunday versus what can I do Sunday to make it a special event that the unchurched person could have an experience with God that would change their life for eternity. Yeah. Or, yeah. or, you know? or opportunity, a special opportunity yes. for that. Yeah. You know, and all through scripture, there's uh, you know, the, the story of the lost coin and the, mm. you know, more valuable than the coins found the lost son more valuable, the lost sheep, leave the 99 to go gather the one that's lost. All through scripture, we see Jesus pointing toward the lost being what is most important. Even if you go to Acts before the, when Jesus was about to leave, the last message he shared with the church would be his most important message. And so he's talking to the Jewish people and they ask him a question. They said, you know, when is the uh, kingdom going to be restored? When's the restoration of the kingdom? What they were really asking there is, when is things going to be fulfilled for us? Right. Mm-hmm. When do we get what you promised us? And Jesus said, you know, he didn't rebuke them. He could have said, you know, you're so, in, you know, selfish. selfish. He didn't. He said, good question. I'm just paraphrasing Dan mm-hmm. Lewison here. We don't see any rebuke there. He said, but go wait in Jerusalem and my Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and you're going to be empowered to now be witnesses. Right. And so all through scripture, we see that Jesus takes the message back to the church being a light to the unchurched. That is our number one priority as believers, followers of Jesus, fishers of men, is to go let our light shine that those in darkness can see that light and be not just pointed but led to the person of Christ. Yeah, because and I think for I think sometimes we lose track of that. I think one of the big reasons that sometimes we lose track of that is even going back to Matthew 4, the very opening scriptures, like, Sometimes we we will say it, but we don't necessarily believe it, or our actions speak differently than our words, which is that we in our hearts kind of settle into this idea that Jesus came to make me better, not, but he didn't come to make me new. And it's like, man, when you become, I'm sorry, but when you become a brand new creation and the reality of your sinful nature becomes all too real for you, you become consumed with the idea of taking that to someone else and making life not about you anymore. 
religious people focus on what they want. Like Christ followers, genuine Christ followers focus on what people need. And to me, like that's the, (laughs) that's the difference, you know, like I'm not saying that other, I'm not saying that religious, there's not saved religious people. There are saved religious people, but religious people are worried about themselves you know, they're the older brother from Luke 15. You know what I mean? They're like, they're focused on themselves, what they didn't get, what they should have gotten, what they feel they're owed. That's what they focus on. Whereas, um, you know, whereas genuine Christ followers are focused on what they can give to help other people get, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, a hundred percent. And that's why I think this message is so important, especially in the Bible belt. Cause we, you know, religiosity oftentimes is more prevalent than Christianity around here. So yeah, it's uh, so much of what we're talking about this morning. I listened to, um, Tom, you know, Tom Rainer from Lifeway and all that. Um, he has a podcast, a leadership podcast that I listened to. And that's what they were talking about this morning is like eight ways to know that your church has gotten off track of its mission. And they listed things. And one of them being, you know, when you're more concerned with, you know, making the current people comfortable and things like that, you've got off the mission of the church that Jesus gave us, you know, and it's, Exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Making people well, com- how many, be comfortable. You know, when you count the number of people that go to church every Sunday and we're looking for that big service, you know, we all want, we all love that. Sure. I love a great service, you know. Sure. I mean, but the statistics, I was looking again yesterday after Sunday just to confirm what I was preaching. Um, some statistics show that less than 3% of confessing Christians will ever lead a person to Christ personally. Mm. Wow. Less than three percent. So somewhere we missed the fishermen of men comment. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. that we are that that group going. God, what's next for me? What do you have next for me? Every week, fifty-two weeks a year, and yet in those fifty-two weeks, we didn't bring one person to church with us. Well, yeah, we didn't and, lead one person to Christ. Yeah, and I put so I, I tweeted something yesterday, and I figured it would gain some traction, and it has. Um, I saw it, <laughs> and I I just made a smart comment. <laughs> So I put, I put, uh, I put on Twitter yesterday that uh, you know I'm all about or a soundbite um, from your greatest pastor is dope and everything, but if you're not connected to a local church with a local pastor fulfilling the need of your city, then you know you've missed the point and you're never going to fulfill your purpose with Christ. And uh, and one of the reasons that I was one of the things that prompted that is I was kind of just, you know, mindlessly scrolling through Instagram and Facebook. And, um, and I came and and it was like, you know, it was, it was almost like the Stephen Furtick highlight reel, which I like Furtick. This isn't a jab at Furtick at all. What it is, is it saying all of the, all of the parts of his sermons that were being shared by people were all parts of the sermon that was people focusing on themselves you know, like you need better and you like, even the way we share the gospel through social media is an inwardly focused, selfish motive of what the person is communicating. You know what I mean? When's the last time we shared something on social media to try to reach some of our lost friends? Like it's all a self-reflection. It's not an outward message. Um, so, and not that I think there's anything wrong with that. I just, I think it's an even better representation of exactly what we're talking about, how mm-hmm. we tend to continually focus, you know, uh, we, we tend to continually become narcissistic with the gospel, um, and, well, and not take it out, you know? Oh, so much of it, of Christianity and the gospel becomes, we, we try to interject humanism into it. You know, so much of it is just 
it's the human condition on display, I guess, yeah. you know, that we're always battling and the selfishness of, of who we are, but I agree. Which, yeah, know? which is one of the biggest reasons why I love, 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 love listening to John Piper um, and Tim Keller and some of those kids, because like Piper, Piper to me is like, <clears throat> we all know how Billy Graham was when he preached. Now, Piper is not, doesn't take an evangelical approach but his message is constantly the same. doesn't matter what scripture he's referencing. He's talking about how good and how great and how necessary God is in your life. Like that's this constant, like doesn't matter what he's talking about. That's the constant thread. Billy Graham, the constant thread was evangelism. You need Jesus, repent, turn to him. And, and like, uh, which was totally necessary. All honor to Billy Graham. Piper is that way with a different type of message. Um, but I love that because it's never narcissistic. It's never about what do I need today or, you know, or how do I get through this struggle? It's like your only way through the struggle is to, to focus on the one that's bigger than your struggle and greater than your struggle. And God is, you know, I mean, like he just continually kind of knocks on that door. He's a champion for that. Tim Keller, very much the same. Uh, so I love listening to those guys. So I encourage any of our listeners that are out there, man, go on YouTube, go on podcasts, listen to, you know, ingest as we ingest things that make us feel better about us, ingest some things that are strictly God focused. <laughs> Grab some stuff by Piper or Keller, or, you know, and there's others out there, you know, Tabidi, and you know, uh, there's plenty of others that are Copeland. out there. <laughs> Don't start with me right now. <laughs> so let, let me just jump there because why is it in other countries Christians are being persecuted and murdered because of their Christian faith, but not in America? Oh. And and a big part of that is if you look at every religion other than Christianity, it is mandated that you make converts. You go make converts. That is right. mandated. It's not an option. Right. Uh, only in Christianity will you see less than three percent of people out really truly making converts because we give an option. Right. Other religions don't. You're you're going to go make converts. So now you're in countries that they're out required to go and make converts and so christians are out now opposed they're out there they they become their competition and so we're going to kill you to silence you right we don't have that threat in america because nobody's talking yeah we're no threat so and and so we have to come and understand that jesus gave us that mandate not an option you shall be my witnesses Jerusalem you know, today. Yeah. listen, having a good church service doesn't tell me how much Jesus you have. You can wave banners and dance and shout, and I'm for all of that in the right place. But I'm going to tell you, uh, the sign that I am filled with the Holy Spirit is that I'm sharing my faith with other people. That is the number one sign. And so I tell people, you know, if you're not out sharing your faith in your sphere of influence, yeah, then don't don't bring the rest of it to me because it's really not real. Well, yeah. that's why you know? I, I kind of laugh a little bit. I, I laugh because if I take it serious, I get frustrated. So laughing is my default mechanism. But, you know, people have come to our church before in the past and they come to us and all they talk about is their heart for outreach. Like, we have this heart for outreach. We have this heart for evangelism. We have this heart for outreach. We have this heart for evangelism, outreach, evangelism, outreach, evangelism. Like, great. Like, more on you. But then something happens and they get frustrated, not about our lack of outreach because we do that. They get frustrated about something going on in the church and they go to another church that doesn't do outreach or evangelism. I'm like, okay, so let me get this straight. You came to a church whose heartbeat is outreach and evangelism. And we did outreach and evangelism, and you were a part of that. 
but then you didn't care for what color our carpet was or whatever. So instead you go to a church that's not doing outreach and evangelism. Now you're not fulfilling your passion, your calling, or in, now you've also gone to a church that's not even connected to the call that you have personally and we have as a body of Christ. And it's like, talk about disconnecting from the from what the Lord has given us, you know, and all that to say, it's like we've made it about comfortable Christianity, you know. Yeah, it, again, it goes back to the Jewish people talking to Christ, going, "When's the the restoration of the kingdom going to take place?" You know, when when do we find fulfillment? Yeah. When do we get what you promised us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the mindset of the me, majority me, of me. us as Christians, uh, even on a Sunday morning, is what's how does this service meet my need versus how do I get to be a part of something that's going to change people's lives for eternity? Yeah. Listen, listen, all, all you believers out there, fellow Christians, Christ followers, your need gets met on Monday morning in your devotion and Tuesday morning in your devotion and Wednesday morning in your devotion and your prayer time. The Lord meets us, me, pastor, Justin, and whoever's listening. If you are a believer, he meets us every day with mercies that are new every morning and he meets us in ways to sustain us and carry us and help us and grow us and strengthen us and stretch us. He does that every day when we're in his word. And people that peep, I'm going to go out on a limb here and make a definitive statement. Okay. People who study and read and pray and worship on their own don't care what their church service looks like. Ew. The people that complain about what they quote unquote aren't getting at church are the ones that don't go get it themselves when they're not at church. You know what helped me you take with that all, to the bank. You know what helped me with all that? Learn, learn that is the more when I was in church, the more and more responsibility I was given and, and took on and was leading and, and all that. Um, even before full-time ministry, but so to put that in context now, like Sunday is an awesome day. I love Sundays, you know, which is where our, our church community comes together and all these things. But for us, at least the three of us in this room, we know as staff members, like it's a work day. Right. Right. So I don't count on our Sunday services to feed me. Right. Because so many times I'm not even in the service or I'm only in there for half of it or whatever. Right. You know, like there's things we're tending to and making sure the people, you know, are, are getting what they need. But it's not for for me. Like I do love worship and all that. But sure, of course. if 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 something happened and I got pulled out of worship. Like, I'm, not, I'm not empty this week. I'm not, right, I'm not counting right. on that. Like I listen, you know, I listen to worship songs on my own and those type of things. And so that's what helped me realize that it's not about me. Mm-hmm. And we've had this conversation because I think if, if I was going to design our church services for my preferences, they would look different than they do. Correct. You know, even though ours are a little more quote unquote, I don't, I'm definitely going to say contemporary because I hate that word because right. that's incorrect, but modern or what, whatever, but, right. um, they're not for me either. Like they're, right. they're we build services that unchurched people will like. Yeah. I would prefer longer worship for me. Yeah. Cause I could, I could worship for three hours, but when an unbeliever walks in our doors and he's, or she is just looking at the ceiling like, dear God, is this song going to be over yeah. soon? Like, they, they or don't, singing lyrics that they don't understand or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah, the yeah whole thing. Totally. So let's roll through these real quick. Uh, we're going to move relatively quickly. So, so fish bait. Yeah, so, pastor. Pa- so pastor was, you talked about fishing. He was teaching us like how. Yeah. He was giving us the application Kinda to how to fish. Tutorial. Yeah. The how yeah. to fish. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, we talk about that 3%, then how do we increase that? Why Why are Christians not sharing their faith? And a big reason is, is people are scared. They say they don't know what to say. Um, you know, they feel like they have to know all the scripture. They have to have everything down perfect. And, and that's not true. You know, that Jesus tells us, and we shared and we broke it down, uh, to go fishing spiritually uh, is we simply share the hope that we have. Right. You know, that's that's what soul winning is. That's what sharing your faith is. It's just sharing the hope that Christ has brought in you. And First Peter three fifteen and 16 says, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you. And we stop there, and it freaks us out because we're like, I can't answer everyone's question. I'm afraid if I start sharing my faith, they're going to ask me biblical questions that I don't know the answers to. And you don't have to know all the answers. That's not what he's saying. He goes on to say, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Mm -hmm. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience to those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. And so what he's saying is, is just be ready to give an answer for the hope that Christ now has placed within you. And we all hear it. We say it. Being a Christian doesn't mean life just got all wonderful. Mm-mm. You know, being a Christian, you're still in the same world, going through the same struggles, dealing with the same issues, working on the same jobs. Everything around us has stayed the same, but something inside of us has changed. As you said earlier, there's been a, a defined moment where I had an encounter with God that changed my life. And though I'm still in the same situations I were before I got saved and gave my heart to Christ, now there's a hope. Mm-hmm. There's Correct. a hope inside of me that changes my attitude. It changes my countenance. It changes how I look at life. Um, I have hope now for my marriage. I have hope now for my finances. I have hope now for my health. I have hope for my life. I have hope for my purpose. There's a hope that I have found in Christ. And he says, now go give an answer to that. That's what sharing your faith is yeah it's just sharing the hope that you have found in christ so how do i do that uh number one is just uh talk about how i realized that i needed christ in my life mm-hmm. that i came to a point i i may be a wealthy person i may be somebody in poverty i i may have a great career i may be trying to pay my rent right now i mean uh, my marriage may be healthy my marriage may be in trouble i mean it could be anywhere right but wherever i'm at in life i realize that I had a need of Christ. Mm-hmm. I needed Jesus in my life. As you said, I've never tasted a beer. I don't know what alcohol tastes like. Uh, someone may have snuck it in a meal and I didn't know it, but uh, I've never tasted a beer. I, I, you know, I've never done out and done drugs. I mean, ibuprofen knocks me out. So crack would just send me out for a month, you know, <laughs> it's, but um, it's quite a difference. <laughs> yeah, quite, I'm sure it is. Uh, I'll trust some of y'all to tell I, me. I've no, I done, hope y'all not, don't know, not but, crack, no, but, yeah. but I'm <laughs> but saying I, just, I can ab- imagine. It's yeah. I, I never walked those journeys. Thank God. But I needed him as much as anyone who's a crack addict did. Yeah, yeah. same hell. You know? Yeah, it was the same hell that I was going to. I was lost. We, we were dead. Yeah, dead. You know, dead that's in what sin. I, the Bible said. Yeah, that's you know? what I so, think. Yeah, re- recommunicating that is like sometimes we think that some people are just kind of lost. They're going to wander around and find the way. Like, no, they are dead. Like, yeah, you know, we had to be awoken from our sleep. You know, like. So, anyways, yeah, awakened from our sleep, awoke, woke, awoken, awoken, awakened. I don't think awoken. You had to wake up. That's the key. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, we had to get woke. But so, you know, uh, but it's a realization. <laughs> you know yeah, that 100%. man. I needed Jesus in my life. I needed a change. There was a spiritual void in my life, 
and only Christ could fulfill it. And then that takes us to the second part of sharing the hope we have, which is uh, how I committed my life to Christ. So then how I committed my life to Christ and telling that part of our story, you know, um, which is, man, like recognizing the necessity and and the steps that we took to do that and how the change that it created and and all of those things and then number three is the difference christ has made in my life yep and i think that's part of what that guy was asking for is like i don't see the difference yet and i'm like man if you can't see the difference there may not be one and we need to have a different conversation did you become a church goer or did you become a christ follower you know, are you just checking off the boxes of religious obligation so that you feel better, but there's not really a new you? And if that's the case, um, or maybe there is a new you, but you're just struggling with what it looks like. Because again, man, with the prosperity gospel so like prevalent in America is like we think we should have tangible results to our newfound faith. Or yes, or um you know what maybe whatever the struggles are like this this guy this kid whatever you, you're talking about you know he didn't do bad things but whatever the whatever his temptation is even if it's like thoughts you know things like that the thoughts haven't went away i've started following point. christ but the thoughts haven't left and i thought i wouldn't think those anymore right it's a great you know, point and that's not necessarily guilt and condemnation kind of sets in yeah so yeah. it's like it's it's and then that's that i think sometimes the enemy convincing you that you're are trying to convince you that there is no change or maybe yeah. you didn't um, have an encounter or something, but you know, I don't think all that stuff goes away. Your temptation or whatever right. you struggle with is still going to be there. I think how you behave after the fact, you know, yeah, means a lot. So then we go to share my church. So we share the hope we have, but then we share our church. Luke fourteen twenty three in the living Bible says, go out into the country and urge everyone you find to come in so that my house may be full, right? And uh, and so in doing that, Pastor, we, we do three things when we share our church, uh, three things as a part of sharing our church. The first one is... Well, we want to pray for them, but I think it's very important that we deal with this real quick, that share my church is not first. Right. right. You know, we're talking about bait. We're talking about reaching unchurched people. How do we do that was the message Sunday. And most of us in America, the first thing we do when we approach an unchurched person is, hey, you want to go to church with me Sunday? And we're in a post-Christian society today for the first time in history where it is a proven fact by statistics that over 80% of America has no desire to go to church. They have no desire to go to church. They don't want to go to church. They have no intention to go to church. And so if I'm out trying to fish for new believers and, and to bring people to Christ, the worst thing I can do, if it's the first thing I do, is ask someone, do you want to go to my church? Yeah. That I have to really approach them on, let me share some hope with you. You need hope in your life. No matter where you're at, if you don't know Jesus, there's a void and there's some hope that you need in your life. I always look at it like this. If they wanted to go to church, they would. Yeah. Right. You know, so you're... You, it's hard to ask them to do something before you've added any value to them. Yeah, and, 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 and that was exactly what I was. And, and that's where we talked about that a lot. Yeah, and that's where sharing your story is. It's like, and here's the thing, I I will invite someone to my church depending upon the demographic of the person I'm talking. If I'm talking to a 70 year old lady, 
like someone that, that's ranting about how much she loves hymns and right like she's drums. probably not gonna like our church <laughs> as far as the service like but seriously and, no, yeah, and the yeah, thing yeah. is that's okay because there's a, there's a lot of good churches yep but we have quite a few 70 year old ladies well, that's, that's why I added and the they're ca- our biggest that's fans that's, that's why i added the caveat of hating drums and loving yeah, hymns because yeah. like no, i'm not saying all 70 but you you know like yeah. you, when you talk to someone when you're sharing your story with someone and you get to have a conversation you get to kind of learn their interests and uh you know i know i know plenty of people I'm the I mentioned in my story when we did the transition Sunday the guy that spoke into my life like people in his church that love his church and I've met these people there it's an incredible group of people would not like our church service and yeah. that's okay because I don't like theirs either you right. know as far as if I had to go every Sunday um, it's not my preference it's not it's not my preference but you know if I'm talking me and Brad, we went out Saturday night. We were somewhere. We were watching some some boxing and things like that, and we saw a bunch of old people we hadn't seen in a long time. We knew back in the day and talking, and at one point, it, it turns to, to church, right? I mean, I, I, talking to the one guy, he just had a baby, and it's like church came up, you know, and I was like asking and I invited him, and um, you know, it's that kind of thing. It's like, yeah. yeah, no, it's getting into the world, but you're right, adding value. You know, we talk, we talk about that a lot, like add value don't just ask them for something don't just ask your coworker. hey come to church with me like no like add value to them like take them to lunch first like make sure you know that they even have kids and then what are their kids names like how is their marriage doing like well, add, add value to them like care about the person as we care about their eternity so that's just that's huge and so in that moving quickly we we talked about three things that we're going to do in sharing with church first we're going to pray for them then we're going to show them that we care which i think is a, a mm-hmm. adding value thing um, and then invite them to join you at a service. Yeah. Like it's the ask, man. Like make sure you ask them um, to to come be a part of uh, what you're doing. So that's that's huge. And but the the share the church part is directly connected to the uh, share your hope. That, right. Uh, you know you have to connect the two, or yeah. or it doesn't work. That now I've let them know through my story how I needed Christ, how I committed my life to Christ. And the difference that Christ has made in my life, and now I'm connected to this amazing church family. Wherever you go to church, right? That I'm connected to this amazing church family that's in helping me and enabling me to really pursue God's purpose and dreams in my life. And you need to come and check out my church family, man. They're amazing. Well, they're powerful. They're they're real. Well, to me, and and what has helped me because you're totally right is I wish more people had a sales background. And, right. and I only mean that because when I talk about my church, like I don't necessarily invite people like you need to come. I don't say like come to church, but when I encounter and I'm talking with someone, I listen for little things that they're sharing. Right. And a lot of times what people need, yes, they need the gospel and all those things. But what they need on the surface is like the, the need to belong. Right. Maybe they're. Maybe they're just in this depressed mode and they spend all their time when they're not at work locked up in their house, you know, with all right. the, the blinds closed and they're just, you know what I mean? They're isolated. They just need community, right? So I talk about things from a community pers- perspective on Sunday. Like, you know, like our people are in teams or like small group. Like, you know, I kind of appeal for that need that all humans have to belong to something, you know, and, and I, I use that. But I think my sales background taught me to pick out little things and, 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 you know, so maybe they have kids, you know, the kids is a lot. A lot of people come back to, even if they grew up in church and fall away, they come back to church once they start having kids, you know, they yeah. want, and it's like, you, you, I appeal to that, you know, it's like, man, you know, an environment where the kids can have an incredible learning experience and learn about God. And then you're out there around adults and, you know, I just, you just kind of appeal to what their needs are, but you don't learn that unless you're talking to them and engaging people, you know? 
Well, yeah. it, it comes to the three points, and I know our time is going, is we challenged our people Sunday to uh, once a month get one person in your sphere of influence that you know is not walking with Christ and make that person your goal for that month that first you start praying for them. And you every day you pray for that person. You get that person in your heart, and you pray for them every day. Uh, secondly is do acts of kindness to show them that you care. Mm-hmm. Let them know that you're praying for them. Let them know that you care about them. It may be lunch. It may be a card. You know, it could be anything that you do through that month that lets that person know you're thinking about them, you're praying for them, and then invite them to join you in a church service. You've already shared the hope that you found in Christ. Now you're letting them know that you're praying for them. You're doing simple acts of kindness that shows them that you genuinely care about them. It's not just prayer. And now you've got an opportunity and you've earned that opportunity right? to say, hey, I would love you to join me in church on Sunday. Uh, if your church has multiple services like we do, then ask them, which one would you like to go to? Because I want to join you in that service. Matter of fact, I'll pick you up if you'd like, and we'll go to lunch after church. Exactly. You're sowing seed into someone's life that can make an eternal difference forever. Mm-hmm. What if the church in America, everyone did that once a month? Boy, would we throw that 3% out the window. <laughs> and so I'm just challenging you today, no matter, you don't have to go to TC, but I just challenge you once a month, let God put someone in your heart that you're around on a regular basis as isn't a Christian and start praying for that person. Start doing simple acts of kindness to show them that you care and then invite them to your church after you've shared the hope that you found in Christ. And I promise you, statistics say this, you ask 10, Eight will say yes, and three will come with you. And so I encourage you to get out there each month, get one person on your heart, begin to share your hope that you have found in Christ, then begin to pray for that person, show them you care, and then invite them to your church. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. And and uh, the <clears throat> you know I was I read a statement on Facebook the other day, and it was I'm trying I was I was trying to remember who put it up but they said the best way to ensure that your kids will disconnect from church when they're older is to force them to go to a church that you wish you could disconnect from now. I was like hey, oh. I, was, I was like god. This mic drop. <laughs> so uh yeah man like cuz I think what I was getting at with that is like love the place that you attend. Like enjoy being there. You know, don't be looking for faults or things that you think need to be like just love people love the opportunities love the gospel and uh let's love people to christ um because at the at at the end of the day i mean what we have to recognize is that the problem is people are lost you know i'm I'm blurred i'm gonna give these last three quick the problem is people are lost sin has taken over the world and they, they desperately need jesus the solution is that jesus is available for them and he can save them and he will and he went to the cross for them and so um and the response is that we help people connect to the idea that if we repent of our sins and we believe in our heart, we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we can be saved. And and so, man, we just have to recognize that the everyone has sin in their life. Good people, bad people, like we're all sinful people. We all have sin in our life, but Jesus created a way. And all we got to do is put our faith in him. And we respond by, you know, repenting of our sins, which means, which is to turn away from, not confess I think so many times in church, we confuse confession with repentance. It's like, right. not, we don't confess our sins for forgiveness. We confess our sins one to another for freedom, but we repent of our sins. We turn away from them. Um, but then we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and, and that put our faith in what he did on the cross. 
Um, and that's how we communicate it to lost people. It's really not as difficult as sometimes we tend to make it out to be in our minds. So, um, so it was good. It was a good sermon pastor and, uh, we appreciate it and we're ready to, ready to rock next month. We're doing our detox series and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty amped up about that. I'm stoked. So it's going to be a good time. Justin, tell them where they can find us. You can find more about Transformation Church at transformationchurch.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Transformation Pensacola. I am on Twitter and Instagram at Justin Oswald underscore Brad Livingston, Brad Livingston underscore both of those. Send us your, uh, you can email if you have any questions or comments or anything, you can email us at follow up at transformationchurch.com. We would love to get your questions. And uh, as always, man, it would mean a lot to us. If, if you benefit or, or this this podcast speaks to you, uh, just make sure you subscribe and rate us and share it on social media and all that. And uh, we'd really be honored. We love having you guys as part of what we're doing. And um, we'd love to put out more content for you guys. So yeah, subscribe and you'll get us every week. Sounds good. Pastor, thanks for being with us again. Always good to be here. As always, we'll see you guys next week for another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. See you guys.